Turn this thing off. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the All the Things ADHD podcast. The All the Things ADHD podcast. Now, occasionally publishing. <laughs> Sporadically. <laughs> Intermittently. Intermittently. Let's just get the thesaurus out. It's just going to be like all synonyms for the next hour of... Yeah, all synonyms uh, for whoops. Yeah, we're, we're back. And then... And then I'm going to leave on vacation and we will, we'll probably, and then I can leave on vacation and then it's going to be December and then it'll be next semester. And we'll be like, hi, we're back. It's February. Um, just setting expectations, right? Like just. Listen, right. intermittent rewards is the way that people build addictions, right? Intermittent rewards are the hardest to quit in yeah. like the sociological and animal behavioral research, right? It's like if the rat presses the lever and every time there's a pellet, and then you stop the pellets, the rat gives up, right, really soon. Um, but if you press the lever and at random intervals, a pellet comes out, the rat will continue to press that lever forever. Hopefully, we are full of a listenership of rats who will continue to press the button of update podcast feed for the intermittent reward of occasionally hearing from us. And and I I, I know from the emails and the DMs that, yes, in fact, we do. Um, that that is our entire audience, um, uh, which we really appreciate. We love you for it, um, and we are probably the exact same way uh, in that sense. Although I only tend to listen to podcasts that come out regularly, only because I I don't go deep diving into the rabbit hole of like occasional podcasts, um, in that sense, or or. Or it's an occasional series where I'm like, have they all been published? I'm just going to binge listen. I binge listen to podcasts in the same way I binge watch television shows. It's it's bad. Um, I've watched almost all of the Netflix comedy um, Unstable with like um, John Owen Lowe and Rob Lowe playing a father and son oh, in it. Yeah. I've watched like five episodes in a day and a half while ironing and then when I should have been doing other things. So like relatable yeah no i am currently because i really want to uh, i don't actually know if this has come up a lot in this podcast which is shocking since it's an important part of me um i'm a huge star wars nerd and um so i want to really watch ahsoka but i never got into all of the animated series that needed to be watched in order to fully appreciate it so now when i sew i'm watching uh the clone wars cartoons which will then move into the rebels cartoon um we, just so i can watch this one series and have it resonate we i don't know why you're not recording a star wars podcast with my husband because i heard exactly the same story from him i really want to watch this new series but it's based on the cartoon and i haven't i gotta binge those man i gotta get through all of this stuff so i can watch the thing i want to watch i'm like well as long as you're enjoying it yeah, <laughs> which is like taking it on like a grim task, right? Got to get through all these cartoons. I'm like, all right. Anyhow, yeah. that's relatable to him. So maybe you yeah. guys should do a podcast too. Yeah, we'll just nerd out about because there aren't enough people talking and nerding out about Star Wars online. I mean, <laughs> I don't have a retort to that. <laughs> anyway, intermittent reward and intermittent retort. That's me yeah. today. Yeah, no, no worries. It's hey, it's that time of year, man. The we're about to oh my god, this is a little bit of an aside, but fuck the time change this weekend. Like 
you just you get into a routine and you're finally set really? and then it's just like now we're taking an hour away from you and you're just like Why? you're getting an extra hour in the fall yeah fall and then back oh we are getting an extra hour an extra hour what are you bitching about oh my god you know how i feel about this goddamn time changing i'm i'm so mad at you right now that i'm chewing an ice cream cone i'm supposed to be muted but i'm interrupting myself having a snack while reporting a, a podcast and say don't you start with me did you know that the coast of maine and thunder bay are in the same time zone we do you know that for part of the summer the sun comes up at like 7 40 a.m in maine and like 3 a.m in thunder bay do not blame the time change a time change just shifts who has to go home in the dark from the western edge of the time zone to the eastern edge of the time zone the real problem is capitalism and clock time and the bureaucratization of the sun going up and down to suit somebody else's needs, which actually leads us, god damn it, not from a side quest, but into the topic for today. Okay, all right, good. I did it. Or you did it. I did it. I I did it. Um you you you're primed, you're kind of yeah, um, but you are kind of primed for that. So I maybe I I didn't realize I had touched such a hot button, but I did and that just yeah, I'm yeah, I'm sorry. I just I'm just tired. <laughs> well, so. that's fair. <laughs> so the topic for today, which is highly topical for me, mm -hmm. if you will, I'm just gonna be puns today. Like last okay, week it was bad fine. French and today it's gonna be bad puns. Uh is that I am noticing increasingly um that the pandemic realities of doing everything online and with very little support staff and with like duct tape and twine. Um, has been extended in most arenas of life into a series of cost-cutting measures that are conflating some roles that didn't used to be the same role. Um, largely what work that used to be provided by support staff um, is now meant to be done um, by other workers, right? Um, like things that also used to be, you know, used to go into a classroom and teach, and now you have to like go into a classroom and teach, but also you have to create a website, right, um, is adding more and more tasks that are novel, but also increasing the amount of like web forms that people have to fill out or um, the example that I have that's absolutely enraging me today, I will just lay it out for people, is I um, have a doctoral candidate who is going to be defending. I could not be more proud of this candidate. Um, they have worked incredibly hard um, to produce novel, readable, exciting work. We've been working closely together on this for many years now, blood, sweat, and tears for all of us. Um, and we managed to get all the committee members to say yes. We made a generated a list of possible internal and external examiners. We got an abstract written, um, submitted everything to the graduate office, where normally that's the part where I like wipe my hands on my pants and go, well, that's great. I'll see you at the defense. Um, but no, no, what's happening now, like just for people who don't know, um, we think of a dissertation defense, the way these things used to go, there's an external, um, examiner who comes from a different university, who's an expert in the field. That's a sort of do field level quality control. And back in the day, people used to invite external examiners and they would fly them to the university, put them up in a hotel for two days. Um, the, uh, dissertation defense might or might not be public, but often, the external examiner might stay and do a talk in part of a visiting speaker series. There would be coffee and cookies at the defense. The defense would take place in one of the nicer 
boardrooms. There would be room for like the audience or not. And then everybody would go out for dinner after. Well, great. celebrate. We don't do, we don't do any of that. Yeah. Anymore. So now it's like, nobody even offers, I've been an external, a bunch of stuff. Nobody even offers to bring you anywhere anymore. Right. So now we get external examiners who are like clearly sitting in their own kitchens, um, multitasking on other things uh, in a t-shirt um, while saying, can you hear me now? Uh, your screen sharing froze. Your screen sharing froze. There's no catering. There's no meals. There's no visiting speaker. Um, but for a while there, at least the university was booking all of the technology, right? They would send a tech guy who would manage all the setting up of like virtual lobbies and waiting rooms and kicking people in and bringing people back or somebody's microphone is not working. And um, a recent change in the faculty of arts where I am that was not announced, it was just sort of launched. And I know why, because people would have freaked out is uh, now there's no tech guy. They're like, I got an email. Congratulations on your student finishing. You know, he we picked a time and a date. It's going to be virtual. So now the supervisor, and then there's three paragraphs of text about what I have to do. I have to choose a platform. Teams, they suggest, or Zoom, and I need to have either a lobby or a waiting room in whichever one I choose. It's sometimes easier to set this thing up on Zoom, they say. Well, if you know how to do it, why don't you do it? I have to send invitations to everybody who's on the committee. Great. I know who they are. I also have to send one to the relevant administrative staff members, both in my own unit and in the faculty of graduate studies. Uh, I have to make sure I invite the tech guy who I'm not to contact unless it's an emergency. Um, and since we can't just put an open link on the web because of the Zoom bombing and stuff, um, I have to be ready. I have to solicit and receive a list of invitees that the candidate or others wish to participate. And then I have to send them individual links as well. And then uh, while the dissertation defense is happening, I have to do all the tech support. Listen, no, absolutely not. I mean, the, the university always appoints a chair to these meetings, right? A chair who is not involved in with this, the candidate yes. or the defense yeah. or any way. They just come and they run the meeting because there's this yeah. recognition that this is a high stakes intellectual and administrative event. So somebody needs to make sure the rules are being followed and it can't be the committee, right? Because yeah. the committee is busy participating in the defense, right? Yeah. So we still have a chair that the university appoints, but somehow the supervisor of the candidate is going to spend the entire meeting making sure the screen sharing is working and no one is Zoom bombing or there's somebody in the waiting room that needs to be let in or somebody's talking and they're still on mute. Absolutely not. This is the kind of thing that makes it impossible for me to do my job. Right. Um, I am a professor. What I'm supposed to do is be good at supervising my students. And I am. I'm actually quite good at it. Right. What I'm not good at is booking multi-person meetings and setting up the technology um, and then doing follow ups with people and getting RSVPs and running a waiting room. Right. So, you know, that I knit uh, during meetings because I need something to do with my hands so that my brain can focus. Right. Yeah. If I'm running the tech support, that's my brain trying to focus on two yep. things at the same time. And I guarantee you I'm going to get snarky and I'm gonna get anxious and I'm not gonna do a good job of either thing. And this is a very like niche example of dissertation defenses and like the downloading of like what used to be somebody's job, right? It was part of a staff member's job to do this and now it isn't. So this is part of like downsizing, um, but it is also um, taking me out of something I'm quite good at, which is my responsibility, my pay grade, my job description, and then leaving me to trip over my own feet and break my nose by falling on my face was something that isn't my role, my expertise, um, or my ability. And I think many of us are probably 
stuck in this zone right now where post pandemic, we find we have a bunch of different job duties and a bunch of supports that used to be there are not there anymore and that we're meant to be responsible for it. And I'm betting people are feeling some kind of way about it. Lee. Yeah. Do you have any experience of this? Oh my God. So for me, it's not so much, it's not so much staff, but um, it is around like my role as a parent. Right. And so during the pandemic, of course, we all know everything moved online. Right. And post pandemic, um, the, the people are back in class face to face. My kids go to school every day and all that kind of stuff. But all of the work is still online. And it is the most labertine system because and and I know that this is a frustration in in um, K to 12, but also higher education because you are so it, it, there's two sides of the court in higher education. Everybody is like, you can use the LMS. You cannot use the LMS. You can decide how you want to use the LMS. Do you want to use modules? Do you want to use the syllabus tool? Just want to throw all your files willy nilly into the, um, you know, into the, into canvas as files and hope your students find them. Um, Good luck with that. Whereas, you know, K to 12, it's a little bit more regimented, but in a way that is labyrinthine. Right. So like one of the biggest frustrations right now is um, uh, with with my son and homework and he has to submit homework twice. Anything that he does, he has to submit it twice, once to like once to like say. And so I'm getting emails from um, from his teachers saying, like, I can see he's done the work, but I can't grade it. And I'm like, why not? They're like, well, he has to submit it again. Yeah. So, so now you have a bunch of emails that are actually about the the process of yeah. something that's already been completed, right? Yeah. So the semantic activity, he's done the homework. Yeah. And he's submitted it. But now you yeah. and the teacher have to email each other because she can't open it because he clicked an insufficient number of buttons. I cannot imagine a more time wasting activity than that. Oh yeah. Honestly. And and then, and of course, being neurodiverse, and I, and I have a lot of empathy for this, for a long time, that's why I didn't use speed grader, right? I didn't have students, A, in Blackboard, it's trash anyways. But um, for me, if I didn't have a stack of papers next to me, out of sight, out of mind, right? So if I students are submitting- papers. Yeah, I yeah. love a stack of papers too. And so like, we, we've talked about the physical lists and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, how do I know if I'm missing homework? I was like, well, it's somewhere in Schoolology. Where right. I don't I I can't I really know. find it I don't know, and so you know I'm looking it's like have, did you, so now it's like did you just not do it did you not submit it the second time, is it do you even know where it is is this something that took place in class and was a physical thing that you have to like physically make up and you know again time is it's we're in the timey wimey and so it could be last week and already it's like I don't remember. Yeah, I think that and, absence of physical cues is is kind of important. Yes. And the fact that there's like, on the one hand, look, here's an either or, okay? Yeah. On the one hand, like you're describing the loosey-goosiness of uh, like higher ed, right? Yeah. And the way we get to use our tools. Um, and then the kind of strictures um, of the K to 12 system. Um, and both of those are good and bad, right? The, yeah. the strictures help a parent navigate something that is like, frankly, bullshit right? Like get the homework done, hand the homework in, like whatever. It shouldn't be like 10 emails back and forth about change the permissions on the Google doc or like I can see it, yeah. but I can't grade it. It was submitted. You have to redo it. Like nobody can can fix what was clearly a simple clerical error. Like great. 
And then the other thing is um, there is a push for more standardization for yeah. everybody that that produces, um, you know, like so it's funny. Um, we're also having pushed on us now this new system that can automate creating your syllabus as if uh, a syllabus is just a nothing document, right? Like uh, a syllabus is not an intellectual activity, I guess. Like just use this thing and it's going to pre-populate all the dates of your students, other assignments in it. So you can see like, listen, that's not my problem, right? Or yeah. it's got all the text in it that you need. I'm like, no, listen, mine are rhetorical documents. I've had my accessibility statement go viral two or three times and I wrote it for my students, right? They're like, no, it yep. makes a giant syllabus bank that everybody at the university like can look at. I'm like, also I'm writing for my students, not for the whole university. Yeah. And at the same time that they're like standardize, standardize all this stuff. It's going to make your life easier. But what are they freeing up my time to do? To book fucking Zoom meetings for dissertation defenses that are not my job. So it feels like the administrative apparatus of like standardized tools in the name of efficiency is dumping onto non-academic staff roles. The intellectual labor of teaching yeah. and learning and then downloading onto faculty members the administrative work of like the nuts and bolts of the web forms and like making sure the grading is working it's like a very mixed up soup of of shifting roles and shifting of agency and and I think you raise a really important point right away too about like the stack of papers effect, which is the same. I always tell people yeah. to give me a stack of papers because then I can yeah. see them. Um, and yeah. I can also see if I'm making progress and then I fan them out on the floor and like, yeah. so I can suss out where the average is going to fall. And I can't do that um, virtually. And there ought to be options still if we don't get standardized half to death that some people can print them out on paper and, and some people um, want to look at them virtually. Like we have systems for evaluating graduate applications to our programs where you cannot print them out oh yeah you're not allowed and the software does not allow for it but like some of these applications and job candidate applications too are like you know anywhere between 12 to 40 pages long and the interface on the web tool that they give you turns every um smart quote or smart apostrophe into a diamond shaped question mark oh, and it's all in like times new roman eight and the text exceeds the side of the box. So you're side scrolling. Like, Ugh. I think a lot of people have difficulty reading in that kind of environment. But like, yeah. listen, I have ADHD, right? I need this to be easy. I can't have like a keyhole view into a 40 page document and have any hope of keeping yeah. my place in it. Right. So there are a lot of ways in which our, our working environments in the name of somebody else's convenience has introduced brand new barriers um, into our capacity, like not just to flourish, but like to get the bare minimum done, right? So things like yeah. having to fight with your son's homework site um, just is going to frazzle your mood and frazzle your temper about a well, task that like nobody should have to do. Right? Yeah, and and it and it it shuts him down, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's like, well, what if if because he can do the work, but if you're going to yeah. make it hard for him to do the work, he's going to be like, fuck you. And just, yeah. you know, um, and again, that's a very neurodivergent um, sort of attitude um, that that he does have. Like there's, you know, um, and, and it's all that's always kind of been his personality, too. Right. But it but and it's not that he gets frustrated about the thing and just gives up because, oh, this is too hard. It's this is unnecessarily hard and therefore I'm not sure. going to do it. Right. Like that's yeah. the sort of difference between like, you know, um, also just gets frustrated really easy and that kind of stuff. So some of this is some of this is executive functioning. And that's and that's where 
a lot of the times like I'm at a loss because I don't know these systems. Right? right. So I'm struggling to learn them too. And I'm trying to maintain my own level of frustration. And I'm trying to like, you know, you know, encourage him to be proactive and to be more independent. But at the same time, I'm like, he can't explain schoolology to me. No. Right. Which is the learning management system, which is, yeah. but sometimes they're using something else as well. And that's the other thing. It's like the, the, the overwhelm of the sheer number of tools that they're using yeah. where it's like here at schoolology, but then you're going to find the link to this other site where you have to do it's the a, assignment. It's a Google then, classroom. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. And, and then, you know, the automated grading system that even if you enter in the answer, right, it'll still mark it wrong because it's like, like the character, it's like, uh, you're on a Mac. So that character actually is a memes about that, where it's like, you just see on the screen grab that like your answer is exactly the same as what's in the answer. It's like wrong. The answer is this. And you're like, bitch, please. That's what I wrote. Yeah. And, 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 and like, it just, there, there is this sense both my kids where it's just like this is nonsense so i'm just not participating in it and you're like okay but you have to because you know that you know enough not to fail this class right like you know all these things yeah i know i know do you hear yourself but i do to you say to two anti-authoritarian kids i know who can fully well see that this make work homework that is also not important is made a hundred times worse by a submission system that takes longer to use than it took you I, I to will, do the homework. Yeah, I will grant this in, the, in at least my kids system is that one of the things that came over from the pandemic that has stuck is, and we've talked we've talked about this in our own, like in your course prep and stuff, is that um, they have really streamed down a lot of the busy work. Well, that's good. Right? Because now all like, the busy it, work yeah. is using Schoolology. Yes, right? yes. It's not free time now. No. No. Like it's not like we took away the busy work so that you can like go outside and touch some grass, right? We took away the busy work because we understand that our submission software is incredibly time consuming, yeah. un- counterintuitive and difficult to use. So the yeah. time has been transferred from like a make work worksheet activity to something, I don't even know how this is possible, even less valuable, right? Yeah. Which is using the automated submission system three times and then not being sure it went through. And then your mom gets an email from a teacher and then your mom comes to yell at you and you're like, but I tried. And then teacher's like, I don't even know how to do it. And now mom is like, what? Yeah. And and I'm just like, what what are we, because we, you know, we're figuring out we have, we have calendar notifications, we have alarms set on our phone and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I know in the LMS that we use, you can sync your calendar to your your so you can take your canvas calendar and subscribe to it on your google calendar because we're also google school right so all of your assignments gets populated onto there right i'm having a panic attack right now just listen to you like it's okay you can sync your calendar with the lms and then set up automated reminders I don't want to do any of that. Like I know you well, like that stuff, right? My experience and, and is completely different. No, I know, but it but it's sort of like if if I can devise a process mm-hmm. that I can sit down and sort of logic my way through, not because I like to do it, but I know that if I set it up once and I set it up properly, mm-hmm. I'm good to go. Right? Like yeah. that's that's like the that's sort of my sort of thing where it's it's just like if you're going to ask me to fill out the form every time I want to see a calendar then I'm not going to do it but if you tell me do this once and do it in these steps and do it correctly and then you don't have to worry about it anymore and you'll just get calendar notifications I'll be like yes that is worth my time to invest in right so it's it's kind of like yeah it's it's annoying and like 
you know, I hate doing it, but it, I know, again, it's that sort of like, what can I do to prepare? You, uh, you know, right. I know at the beginning of every single academic year, I've got to sit down for two painful hours and just populate the damn calendar. Listen. Right. Um, but I also know that like we've got it now that we're all in agreement that this is like the sort of master calendar, everything that's done. And then the rest, I know that the rest of the semester will go much smoother than if I was just trying to like run around like with my hair on fire. Right. Now I can't do that because I don't have a master calendar and I don't want one. I no, want and that's, fewer you know. things. Right. <laughs> and, and like, so what you're offering there is like, oh, I'm, you know, still reading my Oliver Berkman books that I'm not following the advice in, right? Like you are trying to find a hack uh, to make something yeah. ridiculous and impossible, just as ridiculous, but less impossible, right? And uh, and I'm more stuck, I guess I'm more like uh, a couple of your kids, probably both of your kids, definitely one of your kids. I see you, Cassie. I don't want to do it. It's too stupid and it's yeah. it's too hard and I resent having to use whatever spoons I have for my executive function, which is like trying to book nail appointments with my sister every third Saturday and not book something else at the same time as that. I even get her to call. She calls for me and then she sends me the calendar invites and I put them on my calendar. It's my calendar. It's not the school's calendar. Right. And yeah. Um, so like, here's another one. I, I write reference letters for my graduate students. Right. Um, that's part of the intellectual labor of my job. Everything requires reference letters to have mm -hmm. the personal touch. And, yeah. you know, when you go through it, you to write it, I have to look at the student's transcript. I have to review the things that they've submitted to me. I'm like, oh, did you take a course with me? All this stuff. And when I write for my graduate students, I update it every year with the new things they've done. And I like shift my adjectives around and I try to customize it for the thing. And that usually to create a new letter takes me often like I would say more than an hour and a half because I have to do some document collecting, right? And email yeah. checking and asking yeah. for things. And it just, it's an executive function nightmare. And then when I get that one done, that's the stub that I build the next ones out of. And usually every time I'm doing a next one, it takes me another hour. Yeah. Okay. So it used to be, you had to put them in an envelope and mail them. And that was a struggle for me. I did not like that. No. Um, and then for a lot of them, for a long time, you printed out the document after you had filled it out and you handed it in to the graduate secretary in the department and she would add it into the file. And that was better yeah. for me. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you can submit it online uh, directly. And I'm like, uh-oh, but you have to get the e-invitation yeah. from the student giving you the link. And and some of these things, you get the e-invitation and your letter. Uh, now there's 10 more dropdown boxes you have to do before you can submit your letter. So everything yeah. that was already in your letter, in the form you filled out, you have to oh, redo Christ. some drop-down boxes. That. And that you also need to create an account. Yeah. And that account has to have a password. And then they're going to email you uh, the confirmation link to make sure that it's really you. And then you have to like accept or decline. And now we're like 50 clicks in. Um, yep. And even if it goes well, I have spent at this point just as much time trying, trying to, to submit, submit. Yep. as I spent writing it. So it literally doubles the burden of reference letter writing for me if for no use at all like no use at all like so the institution these jobs where you're not sort of on the clock billable minutes this is not efficient yeah. work but the no. idea is we're just going to feel like we ourselves are somehow doing it wrong and we're not going to say well that's another hour and a half I'm not doing research yeah because the you know these things don't count for you if you do them well writing letters and submitting them but it's a moral imperative to submit a letter that you've already written for a student, right? And the university just assumes you're going to eat that extra time out of your personal life. 
right? So the latest one that I had was I wrote one for a student and I tried to use the Shirk site. So in addition to creating a password and a login. Oh God, don't even to, start about the Shirk site. I All had right. to reset so my password because of course I already have an account. Every time I submit a letter every year, there's an account. Do you think I know what my password is? No. I don't, don't tell me to use a password manager. I'm just trying to write a reference letter. And then you have to do a bunch of drop downs there that are yeah. institutional data collection. Like you're a data entry clerk from yeah. hell, right? Because it, it doesn't have the AI. They can scan the thing that you submit and know who you are, right? You have to fill it all out yourself using drop down boxes. And then you have to paste your letter into a box. And then it tells you too many characters. Yeah. And then the site crashes. Yeah. Right? It crashed every day for a month. And I, over three days, spent two hours trying to submit this letter. And then I left the country and I just sent the letter to our graduate secretary and went, I can't do this. Like, it's not possible. The site is broken. I'm yeah. leaving the country and they write me back and they're like, there's no way for us to do it for you. And the candidate can't submit their application unless your letter's already in it. So they're completely tying somebody else's ability to submit their documents to the reference letters already being in the file, which is like a huge fail point. And this caused me so much stress. It caused oh, yeah. me to write so many emails and everybody's like, well, try it like this. And I'm like, listen, sync my calendar, try it like this. For me, the main point here is nobody should have to do these tasks, right? Because they are not value added and they take so much time out of everybody. And I think it's going to require neurodivergent people to fight back because I honestly will have a breakdown over this about trying to book this dissertation defense and manage all the tech about trying to submit reference letters to a site that again feels like trying to use Ticketmaster, right? Like you can't oh get through or you get halfway through and the little spinny wheel starts and all the business you just spent like an hour doing the drop down boxes for got erased when the site crashed and you have to start over. So I'm trying to manage my rage and like stuff my other work around. I like had to quit one because like I had to teach. I'd given myself an hour to do it and the hour went by. And I was like, shit, I got to teach right now, abandon. And then all yeah. my stuff got erased another time, right? I don't think we're pushing back sufficiently on this. Like there's two, two neurodivergent responses. The first one is like, you're not the boss of me and I'm yeah. not going to do it. I'm going to rage yeah. quit everything. This is stupid. I can't. Yeah. And the other one is I'm a bad person. Everybody else is probably better at this than me. It's just, it's so simple to do this. I did the hard part already. This is supposed to be the easy part. What's wrong with me. And I think both are like examples of the social construction of disability, yeah. frankly. I'm over it. Yeah. I guess I'm somewhere in between where now I'm just like, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, resignation, but I want to put a qualifier word before that. Um, just like neurodivergent resignation where it's like, this isn't my fault, but I also can't rage quit this because so I'm just going to like, I don't know, put on a podcast and or like <laughs> I don't know, put on a podcast, do something fun, get some gummy bears, and just like um, and I I, I think this is also where uh, um Twitter would come in handy because I would live tweet all of this stuff usually, and have a very sympathetic audience, and so that was like well, at least if I'm entertaining people with this, like that sort of feeds some dopamine, uh, inside to help me get through this non dopamine activity, um, but I have also like. And it was, it was so bad. I actually had to call someone on the phone the other day. Um, oh my God. Nightmare. Yeah. So I am trying to, for my, and, and again, this is, this is like, 
on the one hand, I get why, right? I coach swimming and there is a lot of hoops you have to jump through in order to be certified to coach swimming, right? A lot of the times when you're when you're coaching a volunteer coach, and this is par- partly, partly why most, if not all swim coaches aren't volunteer, we're paid. You know, it's one of the it's one of the few sports on like, you know, the where little kids are involved, where it's like a parent can't just be like, I I coached, you know, I played soccer, I can coach, or like I did softball, I can know. In 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 swimming, we've got to get the background check, which is pretty much universal here now for coaching youth sports, right? Volunteer or not, you gotta get the background check. Fine. But then I also have to have CPR. And then I also have to have um, lifeguard, not full lifeguarding certification, but like lifeguard certification light. I also have to do like um, a whole bunch of online trainings mm-hmm. um, through USA Swimming around safe sport and concussion awareness and and like good coaching and all of that. So I don't like, okay, it's it's annoying, but. but I, all I, that I, seems like yeah. actually content related and, yes yes and skill related like you probably and, should know cpr yes, you're going to take a yes. class and someone's going to teach you and yeah a background check for working with youth seems reasonable and that's actually but, like, the easiest part of it the background check's actually like super simple um right. you know or else and because what they found out is that if they made that part hard no parent would ever volunteer for anything well listen right? that's all yeah. i'm saying that's yeah. all i'm saying is but, if they make that part hard no one will do it is not something employers or schools normally take on they're like no. it doesn't matter how hard it is yeah. you're compelled to do it yeah and no one so cares how long it takes so it. i i had to register for uh a, a water safety training that's what it's called so there's an online portion and there's an in-person portion and the Red Cross, you can just, you know, you pay your your 12 bucks and you get your water safety course that you have to move your way through. Um, but the Red Cross site was down. And so every time I tried to purchase it, it was like purchase failed. But it kept showing up as pending on the credit card. Oh, boy. So That's great. So I am like, I need this course because I need to be. I need to be uh, in good standing in order to be able to coach. I actually am still not in good standing and I wasn't allowed to go to a swim meet last weekend oh, um, because they were, they were cracking down. They had, a, as, as our head coach said, there was a hit list um, right. and I was on it and I was like, Oh right. Lord. Okay. But we're getting it settled. But, but again, I had to, I had to, um, you know, and of course USA swimming has changed their entire site. And so now I don't know where to find anything anymore to be able to yeah, okay. like take the, the correct courses to make sure that yep. I'm doing the right thing in order to get certified. This is and, exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. And and then Red Cross site goes down and, and I'm getting, so they're like, well, if you continue having this problem call. So I'm like, Fuck. Oh my God. So I was like, well, I guess I'm calling then. Um, and it all gets sorted out. And now I have to go do an in-person, the in-person section of it this weekend. Um, I hope you get a real trainer because I just read a big expose about um, the Red Cross swimming because they don't actually run anything anymore. They sell licenses to teach to people who may not even be qualified. Um, and they're just basically like a, a franchise operation at oh. this point. So Great. that whatever you know about swimming, you are probably more qualified than many. Well, this lifeguards. isn't for swimming. This class. is a, it's for, this one's CPR. So, okay. you know, and we all had to do the online course ahead of time. So if the instructor doesn't know what they're talking about, I'm going to be like, so the online course said, it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, basically the online course is like, 
here's here are the standards for CPR now. Here's how you have to be positioned. Here's what the, the signs and symptoms you need to look for. And then the in-person stuff is here's a dummy show me you know how to do it. Yes. That's basically yeah. what the in-person part is, is because you can't practice uh, this part for the online. So you show up for two hours. They're like, here's an adult dummy. What do you do? Here's a child dummy. How do you do it different? Great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, good. Right. So, and that's probably <laughs> the important part too. So like, yes. like when I did my CPR yeah. training, it was all in person. It was like, you know, three hours or something. It was like, you know, um, first aid, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I had to do it for yeah. my yoga teaching. Right. And it was first yeah. aid. It had CPR rolled into yeah. it. We did all of it in person. Um, and then we got our certificates. Great. So yeah. what you wind up doing is spending much more time trying to get into a course that it's only going to be two hours online, right? So you are spending much more time trying to arrange the thing yeah. and doing the thing. And listen, when people are saying they're too busy and they don't have time and they don't have work-life balance, um, a lot of it, in fact, comes down to this nonsense of how impossible, you know, when your credit card keeps showing up with a pending transaction and the website is down, but it won't actually give you the course you need. And you can't just say, uh, I know there's a course offered. I'm just going to go on a flyer because I couldn't sign yeah. in the online way. And they're like, okay, we'll catch you up later. They're like, no, like you cannot do the thing until you go through the stuff that is broken. Um, yeah. And it takes much more time than you thought it was going to do. Like, I'm really agitated today. I, I can hear, I'm like trying to cut you off and be like, Lee, no, stop accommodating yourself with this. You don't understand how much I'm suffering. But like, this is actually the point that I'm at, that I, yeah. I feel like every new thing that I'm being asked to do that is not a faculty role or that has like cut some staff member out of a task that they used to do and downloaded it onto me to do poorly and then get yelled at and have to apologize to people. Like every email I send, cause you know, I don't like sending emails. I only send no. the emails I have to, and they all start with, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The website was down. I couldn't do it. I'm so sorry. I can't open the document you sent me. I'm so sorry. Uh, it will not let me create a login. I'm so sorry. Uh, the letter will not go through the way it is. And I don't know why. I'm so sorry. I didn't get that calendar invitation. I'm so sorry. I missed my own student's defense because I didn't set up the Zoom correctly. Right. And I'm apologizing for a bunch of stuff that are not actually, I'm not failing at the actual job. Of yeah. my job right yeah. and I'm not failing at the actual parenting of parenting like I'm yeah. failing at the ever increasing metastasizing layers of online paperwork that is almost impossible um to complete for neurotypical people um but incredibly difficult for like I'm actually doing cognitive behavioral therapy to stop having panic attacks about this kind of paperwork right like the, our department coordinator who used to, we used to give her all our piles of receipts, like on the form, we'd like write out on the triplicate yeah. form in pen and list all our receipts. And I get all my receipts, I give them to her, she's like, great, we'll go through. But now I have to do it in concur. And then I do it wrong 45 times and it all yeah. gets sent back with error messages. And then I have to go sit in her office and she fixes it for me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't see how that's any faster um, than the way that we used to do it, especially since she tells me that 95% of the claims that everybody submits get sent right back, right? Like, why is everything so much harder um, in these ways when it is like, for me, it is actively disabling. I got so rattled um, about the reference letter that I couldn't submit. Oh, of um, course, because you care I lost about this student. Whole day of work because I was so upset. Yeah. That I couldn't, I was upset that I had to do it this way and that I had to keep hitting refresh and trying to get it done. And then when I actually didn't even manage to get it done, I was 
really angry that I'd wasted an hour and a half trying to do it. Um, and then just, I was so out of sorts, right? I had a strong emotional reaction to it. That I didn't get anything done for the rest of the day, right? And yeah. that's that's my disability talking right there. You know, other people are like, yeah, it was hard. I'll try again later. I'm like, I'm not going to try again later. People are like, well, try again tonight after 8 p.m. And it's like, I don't work at night because if I do, yeah. I can't sleep. But now I'm yeah. sorry, I can't do that. I'm sorry, I didn't manage this. I'm sorry, I'm going on vacation, like on a week that I have booked for vacation, right? So I'm constantly apologizing for things. And, and when I try to raise this with people, they're like, oh, I'll just help you with that. I'm like, no, like I shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be doing it. It shouldn't be this hard. So I'm really, really struggling with all the parts of professoring that have just turned into an outrage of technical problems, downloaded administrative tasks, and the creation and remembering of passwords. Like, even if I, people send me invitations all the time, you know, can you review this paper and do a peer review on this article? And I'm like, sure. They don't send me the article. They're like, go to this website. Yeah. 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 Create an account. Right. I'm like, no. And I'm like, God, I hope this is a new one. Cause usually I click and it's like, log in. You're already a member. Like I'll try to create an account. They're like, nope, you already have an account. I'm like, well, shit. And then I put in the same email address and click forget password. Like we don't have an account under that. Yeah. Name. I'm like, oh, and I, I write them back that. and I'm like, no, I'm like, forget it. I can't, I can't do it. If it takes me 30 minutes to find a way to use the website to say, I will accept to do this review. I'm not going to do the review. I'm just not. And then I feel like a bad person. Right. But I get so upset when I fail yeah. at those things, or I get so upset when I succeed and they take longer than the task I'm agreeing to would have taken me that I get so upset. I can't work for the rest of the day. And like, I, I think we're still in a phase where everybody's like, we can do better. Like I can get better at this. It's probably me. I'm going to fix it. I, I can learn to manage this, but like, maybe it's too much. Like maybe this is ridiculous, but there doesn't seem to be any way to push back against this. That yeah. isn't like saying to a teacher, we're not going to submit it like that anymore. Like, cause my husband will say to me, well, it's not the teacher's fault. I'm like, yes, but nor is it mine. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't understand why, like I can be gracious and generous to the teacher, but I can say like, maybe you take it to the principal or the school board, because this is not going to be possible for us because it is not possible yeah. because we keep trying and it's not possible. And everybody's like, oh, it's just a web form. Right. So I guess I feel really upset and I also feel really gaslighted and I sort of feel like it's a stop hitting yourself scenario where yeah. I know I'm really good at teaching and I'm really good at research um, and I do lots of stuff that's like high value. But like today I went to a meeting where um, when I tried to load WebEx again, it was like, nope, you have to install all these updates first. And I'm on the verge of going to be late for this meeting. And then I can't see the documents because it logged me in as a guest, not as a member. And then like 10 minutes later, when everybody showed up and we got all of our stuff sorted out, it turned out one person who had to be there had not even been invited. So we had to reschedule. <laughs> but it's like, let's reschedule using Teams instead of WebEx, because that way the meeting chair can see what everybody's schedules are. I was like, just kill me right now. Just like that is sort of emblematic. And I don't know, like, I don't know if any of our listeners struggle with this kind of thing. But if you do, it's not just you. And it's like another one of these scenarios where people will say, but you're so successful, right? Oh, a smart girl like you, Amy. And I am really good at the stuff that I do. And I am like an assertive person and I take on leadership positions and it probably looks to many people like sour grapes entitlement and foot stamping when I'm like why is there no staff member to set up the zoom call for the defense when we used to fly people here and pay for them to stay in hotels right and they're like Amy, like don't be such a prima donna or whatever 
right? So I find it really hard and and probably some of our listeners and could probably you too, because you're so competent at so many things that are supposed yeah. to be like the actual value and content of the thing that when you get tripped up and want to complain about like the Byzantine or impossible or enraging or time suck bureaucracy around the task is that people think you're being petty or entitled or privileged or dismissive. And it's none of that. Like the tasks I don't want to do that staff used to do require skill. Yeah. Right. It's insulting it's to skills, staff members. Yeah. It's skills we don't have. Yeah. Right. Other people have those skills. When it's like, yeah. I don't want to do the work that staff is supposed to do. It doesn't mean I'm better than them. It means they know how to do stuff that I do not know how to do. Right. Yeah. And so when these tasks get downloaded, it's like the university also saying anybody can do it. Right. Which is yeah. insulting to the staff members who's like main parts of their job used to be stuff like room booking, event organizing and cat herding and making sure the lights stay on and everybody shows up at the right place at the right time and nobody's flight comes in a day after they're supposed to be here right like that takes hard work to do that yeah. and oh, some yeah. people that was their job and they applied for those jobs and they enjoyed those jobs and they were well compensated for those jobs and they knew what they were doing and they felt successful and now that person doesn't do it it's been downloaded onto me um, and I'm terrible at it and I hate myself and I also make a lot of mistakes that keep me from doing the things that ostensibly I'm just setting up the parameters to do Right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's it. It is. It is this shift away from certain types of expertise to others. And. The, you know, there, I I see two sides of the the like the the, the staff expertise is on on the one hand it is this idea of the, the staff know the byzantine inner workings of this institution right um which on the one hand you know it shouldn't require somebody's who's been there their entire life to actually be able to get anything done <laughs> like true that that shouldn't shouldn't be um and and especially that and again like i have a lot of I do obviously have a lot of thoughts about this being especially on the on sort of the pseudo staff side, professional staff as they call us. Mm -hmm. Um is this idea though around just the hiding or the lack of transparency around the inner workings of institutions, right? Mm -hmm. To like explode it outside of higher education. And and it's something that um that that again. I think there is a possibility for faculty to push back because it's not ever something that they like. Um, there is a there is a recent book, and it's something that I've been interested in as well, being in this sort of dual role. Is um, in uh, uh, what is it? Higher Ed for Good. It's a new collection that just came out, open source. I swear I will put it in the Higher Education for Good. Oh, it's open as a tab. Excellent. And there is, <laughs> and there is by Emery Scott and Brenna Clark Gray, who I both know. Oh yeah. Um, is who I cares about open for that too? Yeah. Who cares about procurement? Mm -hmm. And that's where all of this, like who made the decision of schoolology, who made the decision around concur, who made this. And, and so um, Alan Liu was actually where I was the Emma on the modern languages association 
um, Committee for Information Technology, which is kind of an outdated name for it. But one of the things Alan Liu came in um, wanting to to think about, and I I agreed, was just like, you know, we we think about higher education in terms of technology, just in terms of the learning management system and all of those things that take place in the classroom, like do we use Zoom? Like, do we have Blackboard or Canvas? Do we use iClickers or pull it everywhere? Or like, so it's, it's very, what can I do in my classroom sort of thing, right? And what can I use in my classroom for like specialized disciplines? But the larger infrastructure behind all of that is something like, what email services do we use? Are you a Microsoft school or a Google school? Um, which often they, but but it makes a difference, right? It makes For a sure. difference in terms of your day-to-day -day operations. Um, do we use Concur? Do we use uh, GMS? Or do we, you know, what are all of these various massive enterprise solutions that our organization is using? Or even the decision around the LMS, who decided yeah. about Schoolology? Who decided that they have to do a plagiarism checker every time, which forces everyone to, to put everything in twice? Who, you know, like there are these, these larger questions where these decisions were made. And I'm saying this in the passive voice because in a lot of cases, we as an organization, as members in that organization, do not know who it is or how. And I think that that's where your frustration lies is you don't yeah. know who to push back on because you know well, it I mean, isn't I your do. department secretary but I do so the but way the administration things... isn't mm -hmm. necessarily like we could say the it, it's still a system and not a someone Wait. you don't know how many emails i have sent to big wigs oh. in procurement yeah. about this process this is like one of my other bugbears is that software determined uh for the use of end users is only ever purchased by managers who don't use it right yeah. so that what gets sold um is the utility of a given software's tools for managers needs it can generate reports but it can only generate reports because now everything has to be selected from a drop down box where normally people could type three words now they have three three screens of drop down boxes yeah. of their own data entry clerks right and um so they're like it's some combination of it's cheap we have people here, the people who have to maintain it are like, I'm familiar with that software. And the managers yeah. are like, woo, surveillance, right? It is yeah. never, they usually bring in end users to be like, let's try it out and see what you think. Oh, that's where we're going to have to give you more training. So like the end users can be, this is garbage. It doesn't do what I want. Or like, I keep asking uh, for desire to learn to be oriented such that people other than the course instructor can add material to the course site, which is why I have to create 400 Google Docs um, every year and embed them in my learn site because there is no way for students other than using discussion tools to contribute any content to the course site because like nobody cares about yeah. that right the people who run it like I can tell you how many minutes each one of my students spent looking at each page on the website but I cannot get them permission to add content to a student area on the content pages like it's just not possible so it's not the priorities of the people who use the software that are consulted it's the priorities of the people who are purchasing it and yeah. secondarily, they consult with other layers of administration who would be charged with maintaining it, right? It is really about finding the cheapest solution that just offloads work that is assumed to not even count as work, right? Onto yeah. people who didn't used to have to do it so that it's wasting my time, which yeah. is not accounted for in a way that I would be compensated for or have other tasks 
removed from me. I'm just supposed to literally eat that cost, right? It's the spoilage. It's the seam allowance, right? But it's yeah. it's me. Um, yeah. And everybody else who's like, oh, this is supposed to be more convenient. Like, oh, I can get all my grading done and submitted at 9 p.m. Like, except you have to do it at 9 p.m. because you had so much bullshit work in your day that you didn't get a chance to do it before five, right? Like, so it's not like, well, isn't that convenient? Like it's any 60 hours a week whenever you want, but now 30 of them are filling out web forms that then somebody's just going to say, you filled out a wrong date on this one. You did it in day, month, year, not month, day, year. And I'm like, well, couldn't you fix that? No, it has to come back to me now, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like that. Oh yeah, no, I, I like even just... <laughs> Uh, I took a sick day, but I had to cancel it because I I knew immediately I'm like, shit, I entered that in wrong because they yeah. give me what kind of leave are you taking right now? And they mm -hmm. give me 40 choices of which I should only be able to do two. Right. Right. You don't have permission to use the other ones, but they're still there. But they're still there. That you can click on. Yeah. And then it'll be like, uh, eh, wrong. And you're like, yeah, listen, I'm like, why'd you let me do it? <laughs> is this because I have like unscheduled leave time, scheduled leave time. And I'm like, well, I'm yeah. in the system. Like what's so I put like unscheduled leave time because I just got sick and it wasn't scheduled. Like what am I? And then <laughs> that's existential. Listen, if a staff yeah. member would do it, was doing this, they would know what yeah. those words meant. Yeah. Right. You would and call it and every say, I'm time, sick. Every time. I love this about the system. It just makes me laugh. Every time you're like, I choose this day. I want leave for this day. It will always throw up an error message and be like, oh, no, you can't do that until you click a box that wasn't available until you get the error message. Yeah. Oh, that's like we get um, everything we do now. It's like you are you have to vote in this election in the faculty of arts for like senator yeah. at large yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Click here to vote and you click it and it brings you to a page that has a big red box on it that says access denied. And then underneath it in tiny not box and in a tiny font, it says, click here to log in. I'm like, why does the landing page yeah. have to be so awful? Because like then people, because it then you get this reply all nonsense. Oh yeah. Says, it's like, again, <laughs> please kill me. People are like, the link isn't working. It says access yeah. denied. And then somebody will write back to the whole list saying, okay, so here's what you do. When you get there, it's going to say this. Don't freak out. If you scroll down the page in like eight point font in white text on a white background, you'll see a tiny thing that if you click on it, like log in here. I'm like, why don't you just change the fucking page? Or, just or send page that link yeah. that you got to click on. But like it's a link. You link. Can no, you have to. No, you can't. No, you, there oh, is no way you can go right through to the voting that's going to bring you to the login page. Okay. Right. The login page is the one that generates the error message first. That's the yeah. only page you can land on. I was like, who designed this? Because it's confusing people. And then it's resulting in like 10 more emails to the listserv. That's like, we have a work day, like to find our tax documents. That's our like HR software. Yep. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. tax documents are out. They said it, but the email is three screens long and has a yeah. PDF attachment with images in it. Cause like your T4 slips are here. That's like our income slips in Canada yeah, yeah. Um, to get to it. And then there's like literally a list, a numbered list of nine things you have to do yep. to find your T4 slip. And every year I'm like, listen, I'm good at computers. Yeah. And then I go to work day and I'm like, surely I can find this. It's a tax slip on an HR website right? Yeah. Surely to God, once I log in, I can find my own tax slip leak no. every year. Every year I, in a rage, have to go back to my email 
And then I even have to print the email out so oh, that yeah. I can look at the email and like try to click the things on the screen at the same time. Because like, it'll be like, don't click on the thing that says your profile, click on the thing that says your account. And then within your account, there'll be another button called my profile, but it's different from the profile that yeah. you can see on the main page. So don't think you're looking for your profile. You're looking for your profile, the version of it that lives under the tab called my account that is not in the main menu, but it's underneath your avatar. Why? Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I had the same thing. Instructions. Yeah. You did it wrong. Yeah. It, it, I had I had the same experience with Workday when I was trying to find what my base salary was. Yeah. And I'm Good like, luck. it'll be in my profile. It's not my profile. No, it's not in your profile. And, and it would be like, under benefits and compensation. Yeah. No, no, nope, not that. Paychecks. Yeah. That's that's just. um, And uh, yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. And I think like that's that's the. That's the the kind of, not kind of, that is the the really frustrating thing with all of these systems is that um, if you know, you know, but if you don't know, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, and the further complication on this is like, if you know, you know, well, that's what staff used to do. They yes. knew it was yeah. not Byzantine to them. They can do yeah. it like they could tab through stuff with their eyes closed. Yeah. But not only does that staff expertise get erased because now everybody's doing their own stuff, yeah. but they redesign the software because they know they're sending it to people who don't know what they're doing. So they add like a ton more guardrails around stuff yeah, to keep you from accidentally writing a $1 million check to your newspaper from yeah. the university account, right? And in so doing, they make it even more complex yeah. Then it would have been if staff was handling it, but you're still the person who does not know what you're doing. And now you have a version of the website that's harder than what the staff yes. who are experts are using, right? It's like this idea that we're just going to put guardrails around this and make it so foolproof you can't do anything wrong. But what they wind up doing is making it so that you cannot do anything right, right. either. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's sort of doubling down. It's like, well, we know you guys aren't experts. So we want to make sure you don't like accidentally fuck this up really hard. So we're going to add 50 extra steps to everything. <laughs> That'll help you do better. Yeah, that'll help you do. Yeah, no, no, it, it'll totally. It it made it. This is making me think of. Um, there's an article that I really liked. Uh, it was a community college, and they were like, "We deleted twelve thousand pages from our website because um, students. I mean, and again, understanding who their students were, and and what they were looking for is that the students couldn't find anything." Right. Um, and it, and I mean, faculty usually can't find anything on their own website either. But um, but you know, it, it's it's the the less is more sort of sort of approach that I hope that yeah. more will start trickling down into like all of our lives. That less is more. Like I'm trying to. I just I, it's weird. I just had a yeah. conversation about this with one of my colleagues. Like it's a little bit about this like new um syllabus software that they want us to use. They're like, oh, yeah. students find it too confusing to read your syllabi. So we've simplified it. And I thought, well, do you know why all of our syllabi got a lot longer and more confusing? Was because admin had said, now you have to add all of these extra yes. things to it. Right. Yeah. So before we had comprehensible short syllabi, and the university yeah. was like, no, 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 no. You need all this stuff in it. Now they're like, wait, that's too much. Don't worry. We got a standardized tool. But it still makes too much right and and yeah. one of my colleagues is in charge of of designing the the sort of yeah. learn shell the the cms shell yeah. and content for um a course that we put hundreds of students through every semester they're all non-majors and it seems like every iteration they're just adding more and more because students get more and more confused 
about yeah. things, right? And it's like, well, we have to explain everything. You know, every time a student asks a question, we're like, well, the next iteration, we're going to put something about that in here, right? And it, I think it, it doubles down on an unhelpful thing, which is it's actually making the website itself and the content a lot harder to parse because there's just so much more content yeah. in there. Yeah. And by responding to student confusion as indicating a bad design, infantilizes students and also doesn't teach them that some things will create questions for you and you should ask somebody right so instead of being like there's a way I can design this course that no student will ever have a follow-up question about this is a fool's errand you're never yeah. going to manage to do it and even if in some like platonic ideal you manage to do it is that student ever going to have that experience again for the rest of their life no no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Even things like it should be simple. You're like, here's a set of instructions to bake a cake. And you're like, I don't understand this. Right. You're yeah. like, oh, no, I'm, now I'm going to add like 10 more instructions, which many people will not need. But even people who do need it, it'll be buried so much deeper in all the other instructions that you've added for different people who had different questions about stuff that it's going to take like three weeks to parse the recipe to bake a half an hour cake. Yeah. Right. Like well, it's like it's like sewing. It's, it's like sewing instructions and sewing videos. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes like some of them are so bare boned. I'm just like, wait, you must have skipped step somewhere because it looked yeah. like Attach this. Attach the and then, sleeve. I'm yeah. sorry. What? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> but then other times I am like, I, I always forget how to do, <laughs> to do bias finish because oh, yeah. I'm like, I can't, what, how do I need to do this? It's like origami with fabric, man. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's, it's literally a five minute process. Right. Like once I just need to see it and be like, okay, here's the color. Here's the, here's the thing. Or like a yoke, right. Turning right. a yoke and everything like that is okay. How do I, I just need to see it. How does understitching a, work? Yeah, yeah exactly. I just need like, oh, look. All right. Now I know 45 minutes. I'm like, right. what are you talking about for 45 minutes for a fucking yoke? And I'm like, fast forward, yeah. fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. And I'm like, just give me the transcript. I need to know what minute to jump to. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. and that's just too slow. So, so there's got to be a balance, right? We have mm -hmm. to figure balance. And obviously, we're not in it right now. Clearly, um, yeah. In in terms yeah. of in, in terms of how we are. But like, what if what if you're like you're reading um a sewing pattern? You're like reading the instructions, and it's asking you to do something you don't quite understand and you're like okay well that's on me probably people understand I'm gonna look it up now yeah but you open up a web browser but before you open up a web browser uh you had to authenticate using a device that's at your office and I have to go to your office and then once you do that it's going to ask for a biometric scan um and then before you can use google it's uh going to ask you to answer some security questions um and enter your password um to let you find the sewing video and the sewing video is going to make you go through a web tutorial first on how to use the scrolling to like it, this is the stuff I'm talking about is that that in between yeah. are that's a really good analogy I think that's, even, I think that's perfect I think that that maybe I should edit it and put that part first and then the rest of it so like <laughs> but like but it's okay I won't, it's taking us but... this long to get to it because we're yeah. trying to figure because it's such a hard problem to name right so you yeah. couldn't have made that sewing pattern perfectly clear to everybody because then it would have been a hundred pages long yeah right but when you are like, yeah, it's okay that I don't know how to do this. Like this pattern, it's not its job to tell me exactly like what a yeah. pin dart is or whatever. Like I'm going to yeah. look it up. And, but when you want to look it up, you should be able to look it up. 
without yeah. going through 400 difficult, unnecessary data collecting surveillance hoops and tracking just to be like, I'm trying to solve my own problems right now, right? Because yeah. like, all these tools, like, oh, you get to do your own concur expenses. You get to get your own T4 slips. It's supposed to be empowering by cutting out the middleman. But like the digital middleman that goes in there is so much harder to deal with than that yeah. original middleman ever was. So like they're selling it to us as uh, you get more agency, you get more control, um, but it, you don't have it right? It's just produced another huge series of tasks in between you and getting the thing done, except the ta the the barrier now is not a human who only works 830 to 430 that you have to get your tax slip from. You can do it anytime you want, but it's going to take you an hour and a half. Yeah. Right. That's not freedom. No. No. I think that's a good Sorry, place I'm to end it. Now. No, no, no. It's it, well, no, no, that's good. And it, it's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's why we also make our podcast free. Because they're meandering. I can leave people with something funny. Though, no, no, I was no, but I was going to say because oftentimes when a we if if I were to do advertising, we'd have to set up some sort of payment system, right? <laughs> Which again, passwords, websites, information, yeah, what, yeah, you know, filing tag, all that kind of stuff. Or two, if we go with the straightforward way, which is just like subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you bonus episodes. Um, actually Apple would still need to know how to pay us, but, but then we're also relying on our listeners to be able to go through all of those steps. To would be not do to that access. to people. No, exactly. Right? Like, people. This is why I don't check the emails. I'm not adding one more email account to my email account. Now, since you yeah. were talking about sewing, I was in fact, Googling something today. I'm trying to figure yeah. something out. And I was looking up different techniques for sleeves and I found some SEO chatbot content masquerading as an article about how to sew sleeves and it's quite lengthy uh but you want to know what the headings are in this thing yes the yes. headings are absolutely wild so they are um the first four section headings are number one how to sew sleeves question mark number two <laughs> what are sleeves question mark number three what is sewing question mark what does sewing sleeves mean question mark listeners cannot see that lee is choking lee is laughing so hard that no air is coming out but like, have tears. you ever heard such tears. garbage in your life? It's like, let's repeat the word sewing sleeves as many times as possible. And it's doing that like student filibuster thing where it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to run out the word count and yeah. I'm going to be as vague as I can get away with. And that way you won't know if I say something wrong. Right? Yeah. Like there's a bit that actually says, uh, oh my God, this like just gets funnier and funnier. Okay, uh, send the link because learn... I'll put it in the show notes. Oh yeah. Before... <laughs> before you can learn how to sew sleeves it's important to understand what they are sleeves are a type of garment covering which extend from the shoulder to the wrist it's up on my on my twitter but i will send it okay. to you. like i was like and you know it was the top hit in google it was the one that like auto completed that lets you just click on it before you even finish your search term yeah so mark my words within 18 months the entire internet is going to be nothing but chatbot generated SEO bait 
so that you're only going to ever have to be on the eighth screen of Google to find content. Oh, I found, I found it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So we it. can end on a laugh because yeah, I know I'm like yeah, yeah. Angry um, about all of this today, full of righteous anger that may be off-putting, but let's all have a good laugh about how chatbots. Try oh, we just got a whole. How to sew elastic? How to sharpen to seam so ripper? Yeah. How to fray yeah. the bottom of jeans? I, I'm just going to click <laughs> on to make, all of them. How to make sticky bras sticky? Yeah. What? Before you start making sticky bras sticky, it is important to know what stickiness is. <laughs> stickiness is the quality of making things sticky. What even is sticky? <laughs> what right? sticky? History of sticky bras. How to make a sticky bra. Oh my God. Here you step go. Step by step. <laughs> Listen, I was just making it up and yet I'm not even as good at being terrible as the actual article itself is. So yeah. let's keep human writers. How many sticky bras? I just... <laughs> Is it like drop your ice cream cone in it? Is that no. how you make a sticky bra sticky again? <laughs> what are some ways to make an adhesive bra last longer? They used adhesive. What should well, you do wow. if your sticky bra isn't sticky anymore? How can I improve the stickiness of silicon sticky bras? I just want to say the word sticky 50 times. Isn't it fun <laughs> and saying sleeve, 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 sleeve? It's like my sticky bra is not sticky in the way it used to be sticky some... because it's a sticky bra that I expect to be sticky. <laughs> How can I remain in a sticky bra while sweating? How can I? Oh my God, that feels existential too. How can I even remain in this sticky bra? Like Britain in the European Union. How can I even remain in this sticky economic zone? What even? That's not a locution you would say in English. Okay, we should probably let people go before we start a whole second podcast on like why AI shouldn't be allowed to write anything. Yeah. Or, or maybe it should because it's so fucking yeah. funny. <laughs> and that'll be our next episode. Let's, yeah, let's leave them wanting more. Like you're not even ready to say goodbye. You just quit this podcast without saying goodbye because now you're in this like AI sewing hole. You can't even like how put to, your head. How up. to wash you're graphic even... tees? Listen, everybody. Lee is not even looking at me anymore. Lee is just smiling at <laughs> her computer monitor that she's not recording the podcast on. She has dipped out of this conversation. She's like, I don't need the rest of you now. I have this website. Rabbit hole, rabbit hole. <laughs> it's rabbit good to hole. see you laugh. We could, we would have a lot more time for these kinds of websites if we weren't so busy filling out our fucking web oh, forms. God date. damn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seriously. This makes it easy to create a website. It makes everything else sure. hard afterwards. Right. All there right. Well, um we're gonna try to hopefully <laughs> i leave in two weeks for my vacation we'll we'll try mm -hmm. hopefully to get one more in before we go we'll try we'll, we'll try. try we're not promising if we can make so the technology work yeah <laughs> i take care of that for you though i take care of that you do I, and that's the only that. reason we do this lee you send the calendar invites you read the email you set up the technology yeah you are the and, and i edit i edit i'm using scareports right now i edit the podcast i am so um, grateful to you. i have my workflow it it works I love it. Yeah. All right. So um, you can always email us at all the things ADHD at gmail.com. There's our website, uh, all the things ADHD. No uh, password required. No password required. Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. No password required. Always free. Um, always, always an open tab on my computer. 
because if it closed, I don't know if I'd ever find it again, even well, though I say thing, it every, yeah. yeah. I have to Google it. I know what it is. I have oh, to I, it. I, I told you that, right? Like the, why yeah. are, I, I don't know if oh, I said yeah. it on the pod, like we don't have images anymore because Canva changed their interface. And I think I was using Canva, but I don't know what account I was using in Canva to make Classic. the graphics. And now I can't find Classic. them anymore and I can't figure out how to, so it's like, we don't have graphics anymore. Sorry. That's the whole topic of our episode today. Yeah. Lynn. You yeah. just lived it right there. Yeah. Yeah, except except it's not required of my job to do this. No, it's like a simple task. There was a simple yeah. tool was going to help make easier. I'm like, oh well, I guess we can't do that anymore. Yeah, oh well, start a new life. It was yeah. it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye everyone. Bye.